It's the Mark Husson Show. Time for you to expect something wonderful. Hello, everybody, and welcome. It's Mark. This is the Mark Husson Show. It must be Tuesday if you're listening live. And it's about 5 a, 5 p.m. on the Pacific Coast and about uh, 8 p.m. on the East Coast. How are you? It's good to be here. If this is your first time listening or you've been here a couple times and still haven't figured it out, you can uh, click the chat link at 12radio.com and come on over. You can also say something to your um, Amazon smart device that starts with A, ends in A, A-L-E-X-A, and you can say Hey, play 12 radio on TuneIn, and you can tell your Google device the same thing, um, except I think they say 1-2 radio, so they are cooler than than the A word. But you can get to us, just say 12 radio on TuneIn, and we come up, so you can listen to us anywhere, almost. I'm working on that app, honestly. But if you want to come into the chat room, where there's some beautiful, beautiful faces, Come on over by clicking that chat link at 12radio.com. And when you get there, you will see Jan. <laughs> Eva, how are you? Hi, Christina. Yeah, oh, make sense of a wild day. Let's find out what today was. Terry Campbell, how you doing? Hi, Lynn. Thanks for being here. Let's see. I love that everything works today. Isn't it nice? Oh, my gosh. The sites are working. Facebook's working. Okay, I better not jinx it, huh? Okay, um, <laughs> Tiffany, good to see you. Thanks for being here. Hi, Cindy, good evening. Um, oh, somebody's acknowledging Christopher. Isn't that nice? I like when you guys know that there's people behind the scenes making all this happen now, right? Hey, Deborah, thanks for being here. Mary Kennedy, love back at you, girl. Hi, Shelly. Oh, <laughs> Shelly said, thanks for the email. Without it, I'd have no idea what day it was. You know, I see, I totally agree. I like this idea that we're all experiencing the merging of the days. Um, the email she's talking about is the one for the Mark Hussens show that you can get by going over to, my goodness, you can do it at once you listen now. You can click, go to the bottom of the page and click it. And the gratitude board at once you listen. You guys fill that thing up. This is the time. Anonymously tell us what you're grateful for. And you're not telling anybody but you. It's anonymous. It fills it in anonymous. You can put your name if you want. Um, but we don't track any of that. We just we do ask that our advisors moderate them, which means that they take out any creepy ones and also um, that we empower the ones that you're giving thanks to. So if you have something that you're that hasn't happened yet, like your job hasn't happened or um, somebody's sick in your family, you can say thank you for the well-being of that person, not because it has happened yet, but because you anticipate that it will. And that's sort of putting it's called faith, people, called faith. So get over to the Once You Listen Gratitude Board and show us some love. The reason I like that is because it to read them reminds me of all the things I'm grateful for. And I am truly, I am one of the people who do believe that gratitude is the only prayer we have to make. Um, <clears throat> we certainly can have preferences and hopes and things like that and demands, <laughs> but gratitude is really the only prayer we need to make because we can make everything else happen. And when it does happen, we need to take a minute because I can't tell you how few thank yous enter the world. Um, and, and think about it in your own life, the people who actually make it happen for you, that make you smile, like you guys who make me smile and the people who in your lives who sort of like, I don't know, went and got you that extra bottle of water or that extra roll of toilet paper. Um, they make a difference. They they recognize that you exist. They have a way of showing compassion their way. It's nice to give them a little hand of thanks. And you can think of nice ways to thank them. Um, we try to show love to all the service people. I'm not bragging. I'm, I'm not trying to sound like we're just these special group of people that do all these nice things. It takes me a minute to get my head wrapped around. Why do I want to do that? <laughs> so please. But when you do it, and you do it without an expectation that they love you 
or that they're nice to you or that they do a better job of picking up your trash. But do it because you know they're probably hurting and everybody's been in a really hard time. And that's people who are in the front lines for us who we can make a difference for. So if you have it, share it. And um, if you don't have it, anticipate getting it and and be grateful for the fact that you can know that you're going to be okay. Because you can. You can really know that. Um, let's see here. Um so, Shelly, I stopped with you. And there's Renee. Hi, Renee. Thank you. Happy Tuesday back at you. Raven, thanks for being here. Hi, Glinda. Susie Carr just registered for my astrology class. <gasps> yes, you did, Susie. Thank you. You're so kind. You guys, I did put the class up. It's at 1-2 Academy. We're going to start Wednesday. I'm going to call it the Origins of the Science class. And in that class, we're going to talk about actual, actually how you make up a sign. A lot of people think the signs are just, they're just the constellations, but no, they are composed of an egg and a sperm. <gasps> My version of it, though, they are. They're composed of two components that give birth to the energies of the sign. And if you get this concept, you will have an understanding of the signs you'll never forget. So I encourage you, come take it. Um, it's going to be Wednesday, June 3rd in the evening. You'll see it over there at Once to Academy. And so thank you so much in advance for signing up and taking it. I think that's very sweet and and such trust. Appreciate you. Um, so, hey, Lynn. Yeah, so you just heard, right? And then Doreen, good to see you. Jay Varvel's in the house. That's so good. And Cindy, oh, yeah. <laughs> hope you're feeling better, Jay. I'm not sure when you were feeling bad, but I hope you're feeling better too. Anita. It's the Mark Husson Show. Yes, it is. Thank you for being here, girl. Hey, Ellsworth friend. Good to see you. Oh, you signed up too. You're so nice. Thank you. <laughs> Hi, Denise. Good to see you. Thank you. You guys, and thanks for signing up. I hope that the class doesn't let you down. I'm going to put everything I have into it. John will be there to help me. <clears throat> As always, speaking of gratitude, Beyond words, how lucky I am, honestly. I mean, the, that guy is the most... <laughs> I'll get all mushy. Why am I getting mushy on an Aries moon? We'll talk about it. But um, when you stop and really think about the people who actually know you exist, my numbers are very small. I mean, no. I mean, in my... <laughs> when when the lights are out and you guys are gone, it's like there's a... It's like me, right? It's me and John and my humble little circle of friends. Um, but it's very small. It feels very small. And and so meaningful is exchanges like this are really nice. And the reason I like to say it that way, the reason I like you to know what my inner world is like, what, what the personal world is like, is I don't want you having, I mean, I want you to not project on it that it's always active and there's things going on because there is always something going on. But it's more drama and self-created than it is because I have a house full of people running around um, saying, hey, we want to be with you. Uh, so it might have something to do with being hard to live with. I don't know. But special gratitude to the JJ, who um, is really with me through thick and thin. And you just can't want to take things like that for granted ever. And so when I say it, when I say it to you guys, it helps me make it real. And that's what it, when you have people like that in your life, I want you to do the same thing. Thank, be thankful, be grateful and have a moment. And then the next thing that will happen is he'll do something idiotic and I'll hate him forever. Uh, that's just the way it rolls. Right. OK. Um, <laughs> thank you, Lynn. Thank you, guys. You're so nice. I, I promise I'll do my best to not let you down on the class. Um, hi, Melinda. Welcome. Gwen, good to see you, Cindy. Oh, from Australia. Oh, I just watched the movie. Oh, oh, I did British, I think. I just watched an Australian movie called Bloom. It's a series. I bet you know about it. But where these people died in a flood and these flowers were left, I haven't finished it yet. But then I watched uh, Glitch, where all these people came back from the dead. Some about Australian sci-fi is pretty cool. So thanks, Cindy. <laughs> I know I've just lumped you into a group of people, and I apologize for that. Um, Denise. How you doing? Welcome, Alicia. Um, oh, thank you. Ah, that's so nice. Thank you, thank you. Okay, you guys, <clears throat> what's going on? Let's see what's going on. I'll tell you what's going on. I did send a chart out. So if you're on the One Two Radio um, mailing list, you'll get a little note 
of every day before I do the show. Sorry for the thumping around. I'm speaking with my hands. Um, you'll get a little um, email announcing the show, reminding you that it's happening, and you'll get a chart with it. You can click and sort of see the chart for today. And today's chart had a recognition that the today was the last day of Taurus. And what I put in that note was, if you haven't said happy birthday to a particular Taurus in your life, you might have missed it. You'd be making up for that all year. Because you know what Tauruses don't do? They don't forget when you forgot them. <laughs> Fixed signs. Fixed signs don't forget. Okay, they forget a lot of shit, actually. But they don't forget the stuff that you wish they would forget. That never happens. Okay, so remember that. Fixed signs. You know what the fixed signs are? the second sign from the season, the winter season comes in. So if Aries brings in spring, the next sign is Taurus. And that's one thing we're going to get is you to get these signs in order, how they run in order, because there's something to this. There's something to, you've heard, maybe you've heard my spiel before that the sign after you has something you don't have. And we can call it lack if we want, but it's really just a way to learn. Like, for example, Aries lunges forward. It's fire. It's aggressive fire. It's like the uh, ram, you know, head down, horns out. Taurus has what Aries lacks, groundedness, stability. Okay, see how that works? What's, what's Gemini possibly have that Taurus doesn't have? Well, I call it alacrity, but if we don't want to use bigger words, we'll use... Um, an ability to be flexible in the mind, okay? They they like to twinkle around in their minds. Now, did I just call Taurus a stupid? No. <laughs> but they do get locked onto something and it's hard to change their minds. We're Geminis. They love this today. They hate this tomorrow. We're going to get into that because we're going to go into the sun's going to enter Gemini. What's Cancer have that Gemini doesn't have? Unfathomable beauty. Oh, wait a minute. I said that out loud. No, <laughs> <laughs> cancers have feeling emotion gemini's an air sign they're up there in their heads and they're sort of now do air signs feel yes we're going to get into this too but the difference is is that they feeling it, what you are like your air when you feel something, you use your air as a defense against it. So you're going to jump into your head if you're a Gemini feeling. If you're a Cancer feeling, you're going to jump into your emotions. It doesn't mean you're feeling it anymore. The emotions are just another escape from true feeling, but it's a verb, like you're emoting. And so Cancers have that feeling. They have warmth. They have an ability to sort of project a kind of warmth. I have a Gemini friend who um, will call me just to find out um, – what's the proper response to show compassion to a certain event? It's kind of funny. Um, so uh, what's Leo have that cancer doesn't have? Confidence. Cancers are pretty insecure in, in a lot of ways. Um, that's why the crab moves from side to side, unless they absolutely know what they want, then forget it. But Leos have confidence, head in the air, a certain kind of regalness. <clears throat> cancers you might find worrying. What's Virgo have that Leo doesn't have? Well, take that head and bring it down. Look at the details. <laughs> Sometimes Leo gets so wrapped up on how they're being seen that they forget that there's another world that actually needs things from them or that it has individual responses. Now, I'm stereotyping. So if, you get a, if you're getting offended, you're taking it way too personally because we have all 12 signs in us, right? You all know that. So what's Libra have that Virgo doesn't have? Virgo's the loner. Libra? I have some words for what you do. You're the flirt. <laughs> and so Libra loves relationship. Virgo, Virgo's the true loner of the Zodiac, actually. Wait a minute, I'm sipping. Water doused with coffee beans, right? Um, and now really ice water for real. Hang on. It's so good. So um, uh, Libra has that relational quality. They love the dance of relationship, but they're a little commitment phobic. We'll get into that as we get into the psychology of the signs. The sign after Libra, Scorpio. What does Scorpio have that Libra doesn't have? Some would call it depth, <laughs> which means from Scorpio's perspective, Libra might look a little superficial. Um, talking about, you know, they don't like to get too deep and dark. Libras get like a little funny when it gets too heavy. Nobody hates that. For I mean, that's fine. You know, it's not a judgment. It's just, it's just the way it is. Um, and then what does Sag have that Scorpio doesn't have? 
Well, it's that sort of optimism. It's that quest for what's next. It's a sort of trust, trust of life. Um, because Sagittarius will take that leap of faith and they know they're going to land. And they know that arrow is going to land somewhere. Scorpios ain't going to shoot that thing until they know who's in the room. Okay. Or the, until the lights are on or off, depending. Um, and then what does Capricorn have that Sag doesn't have? And I'm going in order, you guys. This is to help you remember the order. Um, what does Sag, what does Capricorn have that Sag lacks? It's maturity. There is a certain kind of uh, juvenile quality to Sag. When you're looking at Sag, it's from the eyes of a Capricorn. But everyone is a juvenile in Capricorn's eyes. It's just really obvious when you're in the Capricorn head uh, looking back around you. And so then what's Aquarius have that Capricorn doesn't have? Um, that sort of um, openness, that rebellion, that sort of giving up tradition and um, fighting for the underdog. Sometimes uh, Capricorns get a little too uh, traditional and a little too stuck and they have to do it the hard way. Where Aquarians might be more innovative and uh, believe in a bigger picture, bigger, broader picture. And then uh, after Aquarius, what does Pisces have that Aquarius doesn't have? Well, we're back to the watery sense of compassion. Aquarians love humanity, but hate humans. <laughs> so they hate the individual experience. They're not big on that. They like more of the group quality. And so Pisces sees each individual compassionately. And then what does Aries have that Pisces lacks? Um, and that would be that sense of snap out of itness, right? Share in Moonstruck um, to Nicolas Cage, right? Okay, um, I hope that gives you a little um, overview. And there are reasons behind all that. There's reasons that these um, sort of stereotypes uh, do what they do because they there's some truth to them. And as you get to know people, uh, you'll start seeing these qualities as you as you understand them a little deeper. And it is sort of hindsight 2020 ness because what you can do when you're a um, when you look at your signs and you look at somebody's sign, you can fit them into your box. And that's a little dangerous. You have to be willing to. Now, you know who hates that the most is Aquarians, right? So I have Aquarian friends who say, that's not me at all. And you're like, yeah, well, saying that is you. Um, <laughs> you just put yourself right back in there because you don't want to fit in. Like you want to make sure that you have this part of yourself that is free and not boxed. And I understand that. It's not important that we be right about the box. What is the purpose? What could be good? What could come out of knowing astrology? What's the thing that could come out of it? Compassion. For, for what? Well, for others, for sure, but mostly you. To know that you have this range of motion that sometimes isn't the, your best quality and that maybe you're doing it from a place of being wounded. Maybe your moon, maybe whatever moon you were born with, maybe as a reflection of the mother, maybe that thing was pounded. Maybe you were made fun of. If you were a guy um, you know, everybody, the grass is always greener, right? I used to wish I was a girl. I did. Um, not in the gender fluidity sense of it, but my, I had two sisters and it seemed like they had so much more fun than me. And I had so much pressure on me to, to, and they felt the same. They had pressure on them too, but I had pressure to be a man. I had pressure to man up, to, to do manly things. <laughs> Yet at the same time, if I got into a fight or, um, I'd get punished for being, you know, argumentative. My grandfather was a priest, so my dad was the son of a priest. And so he had pretty high morals that he was standing, you know, selling to the family. And so growing up, knowing that you're different anyway, and then having to fit into a mold and a stereotype because you had these super, super macho um, uncles around you. And I did. I mean, grossly macho. Um, and, you know, you just you, you feel the mold now. When I found astrology, though, I realized my sensitivity. I was the only person in my family that had a water moon. The only person in my family that had a moon of water. Everybody else was an air moon or a fire moon, and they fought and screamed and carried on and were aggressive and and just mean in my world. <laughs> and I was secretive and I was holed up because it was like, but when I found that out, oh, my God, it was freedom freedom. That's me. I got to hear my own drum. And then I got to be a little bit more compassionate about other people. Now, sometimes, maybe once or twice, I used it to prejudge somebody. 
Um, I do it now. I mean, I see a certain sign. I see, I have about six. <laughs> that's in that half the zodiac, but it's not placements. It's 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 specifically placed um, that that make me feel uncomfortable, or that I find this part of me that sort of wakes up to it, and I'm like, I've got to figure out what that is, and so I own it. I get to own it. I get to try to own it. So, um, but it's almost like self fulfilling prophecy in that you know signs that I like, signs that I have an affinity for, seem to always. Um, come through and signs that I have trouble with seem to always let me down. And who, what's the common denominator there? It's me and what I'm believing to be true. So as I uncover this more and more and more, I find the ability to accept you for what you are, to really know that you're not really lying. You might be lying to yourself, but you're not really lying um, to me about what your experience is on this planet. You're just looking through a particular window. And then there's that. <laughs> I've never, I used to, I used to hate cancer men because I used to think they couldn't tell the truth. They always walked from side to side. They always sort of went around. If I wanted someone to go to the movies, if I wanted to go to a movie, someone was going to, I'd bring up movies out of the blue. Woo! You know, you like movies? <laughs> oh God. Later, I learned how I think with my moon in Scorpio to be a little more direct and a little more about. Well, now what I do is if, if they wanted me to go to the movie, their asses would be asking me to go to the movie. I'm not going to ask, so I don't ask. And then I use that as my truth. So we figure out ways to survive, right? And so one of the things that helps us survive the most, one of the things that helps you in your day-to-day -day is knowing how the daily moon, what it's hitting in your chart. Because if that moon is somewhere in a particular sign, and every month it's going to be in that sign. And every month around that sign, you feel the same way. Boy, that's got to be telling. It's got to tell you something. And if it doesn't tell you anything else, it will tell you that when planets hit that particular point in your life, in your chart, you're going to feel weird or you're going to have this feel really good. Today, the moon's in Aries. So if you look at your chart and look at the outside wheel for the sign of Aries, you're going to know what area of your life, what slice of pizza is being activated by that moon. And it will help you to make a note because every month, 29 days later, it's going to be back at that point with different planets, of course, in tow, but it will be back. And so it will help to know what those things are for and why they're there. I mean, it really does. So now looking at this chart, I just want to go over a couple of the placements and then I'm going to take a look in the room. Okay. Yeah, here we are. Come on, Tuesday's chart is the name of it. And then Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to see what I I could have just looked at. There it is. I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay, so what we have is a big arrow pointing to the sun changing. It shows the sun it's at 29 degrees. It has the big 29 up there. Now, it's like a big clock. It goes 29, 60 minutes, and then it goes to zero. So there's 30 minutes, 30 degrees in H in a sign. So when you see the number 29, that's pretty special, especially when it's the big one, okay, when it's in the big numbers. Um, I'm actually, I have another version of that that I want to pull up just to help me out. Gosh, it's, it's I have one screen that's kind of small, so I'm sort of burying it. Here we go. Okay, so there we are. Tonight. There we go, there we go, there we go. All right. <clears throat> so 29 degrees, Taurus, 13 minutes. If you knew how to place that in your chart, you'd know what was being lit up. And then you'd also know that tomorrow you're going to wake up to a Gemini sun. The sun will be in Gemini. So tonight is the strongest point of Taurus. We talked a lot about Taurus, and if you know Tauruses, you know they are the sensual ones. They're the ones who know everything. You know, they're the ones that keep it real. They're the ones that kind of, they're so consistent in their being that it's like the, their absence is noted. You, they, you, when, it, when a Taurus sort of becomes a part of your life, you, that part of your life becomes activated, and you look around your chart to see what is activated and where Taurus is. But now it's going to go into Gemini. So... The Gemini 
part of our chart is going to get activated. Venus has already activated a lot of it. It's going retrograde. Mercury's in Gemini activating that. But now here the sun comes into Gemini. It's slowing things down. It's going to be for a 30-day period. And issues are going to look different. And I want you to try to pay attention. Do you kind of remember? <laughs> Watch this. Do you kind of remember when the moon, when the sun was in Taurus the last 30 days? Maybe the issue being about comfort, home, <laughs> routine and ritual. Um, yeah, right. Quarantine. But then it goes into Gemini, and I want you to pay attention over 30 days how this ebbs and flows into our reality, this sense of lightness, this sense of desire to talk, the sense of being connected, okay? So what is it about Gemini? What do we know? Well, we know it's one of the first three signs. It's also the, the third part of the season of spring. See, every season, every season has three signs. So spring has Aries, Taurus, and Gemini. Exactly 30 days each. <clears throat> so I want you to think about it. For thousands and thousands of years, when the constellation, the earth was in front of the constellation, or the sun was in front of the constellation of Aries, to our eyes, or the vernal equinox, children born after that were aggressive. And it's a collective. We hear it. That's why we do tropical astrology, because that stuff stuck. And children born under that vernal equinox, under that, under that solar flare of energy, are aggressive. They're independent. They're fiery. They assert themselves. They think about themselves. And so the second one is the stable one, 30 days later, stable what? Tara, stable. And then the third one is Gemini, mutable. So Gemini, in a sense, is to prepare us for what's to come. And in a sense, not in a sense, in a real way, Gemini has its foot in both doors of the season. It has a, one foot in spring and one foot in summer. And Gemini is the twins, right? What do we know about twins? We know in astrology, in tw twins tend to do opposites. They tend to be one way, one tends to be totally Christian, one tends to be totally liberal or, con or unconservative. Um, and notice, I, you can be a liberal Christian. I do get that. I'm just trying to, one's conservative, one's liberal. Let me say it that way. One might be spiritual, like metaphysical, and one might be Christian. And that, true, I knew those twins. Um, one could be um, sports-oriented, and one could be um, a thinker or music-oriented. Um, and Or you have the ones who talk simultaneously to like the like they think the same they like they act the same they get married on the same day they have the same thoughts you have all these types of twins but what you do have is in that twin archetype is a kind of search for an identity because every gemini that you know and every gemini that you'll meet feels a split and anybody that knows gemini's knows they are not the same person day after day they're they talk about cancers being moody. Geminis take the prize times 5,000. And one of the biggest mistakes you make with an air sign is trying to get them to be the same. Every air sign. Notice it's built into Aquarians' uh, whole DNA, trying to be them to get to be the same. I mean, it's built in in rebellion. Try to get a Gemini every day to express the same feelings they had the night before. Oh my gosh, you know how many heartbreaks came because somebody didn't know somebody was a Gemini? And they're like, tell me like you did last night how much you love me. And they're like, what? <laughs> so where does it come from? Try to understand it. Well, it comes from this, in this world that Geminis have set up where one part of them, they're the mutables, right? So one part of them is seeking to project this part onto another, to an outside source. So Geminis are used to, depending on how they were brought up, thinking of themselves in one way, but projecting this other part onto other people and then forcing themselves to disown another part of themselves, always feeling that they couldn't be real. So what you're going to have with Geminis right off the bat is a feeling of not being allowed to be fully authentic because even they didn't know they were projecting such a huge chunk of who they were. They didn't know why they say, I love you one day and the next day go, who are you? Why are you nagging me? Um, or that it feels like nails on a chalkboard when somebody asks Gemini, could you talk about your feelings and what it felt like when you heard that? And every Gemini inside 
they've learned how to maneuver that, but they sink <laughs> when they hear that. So when the goal is that they extend a hand to the part of themselves that got tossed away. Okay, so psychologically, every Gemini has abandoned one part of themselves, a facet of themselves. And it's very tough because a lot of times they feel that they've done that. They don't know where the other side of them is. A lot of Geminis, if they use the very mind that separated them in for survival, they use that very mind to try to find themselves again. It's kind of like asking them the, it's like um, asking the, the mind of an insane person to find its path back to sanity. Even though I'm not calling Gemini's insane, I'm just giving the example of using the very thing that caused the wound to give you your path to being healed is very tough. So what does a Gemini do? Well, they end up creating scenarios in their lives where they are forced over and over and over to bridge these two components. There's a point in a Gemini's life a healthy Gemini, where they realize there's a part of them that has been abandoned and left alone and projected out. Maybe they don't say projected out. Maybe they see it as a part of them that they never really get to express. Maybe a Gemini who always loves to be up and happy realizes that there's a deeply depressed part of themselves that they can come in and embrace. And bringing that light of the light Gemini to hold hands with the one that's depressed could be one of the most profound events in a Gemini's life. And they can happen at any age. And But finding that moment where they bridge the two pieces and the two components is one of the most profound moments that a Gemini could have. And many of them had it when Pluto was in Sag, the opposite sign of Gemini. And we'll talk about that more in detail as we teach some classes. So what's that have to do with you? What it has to do with you is that there is a part of your chart that has Gemini ruling it. And in that home, in that house, there was a desire to bridge these two components, a desire to bridge the part of you that maybe if it was the second house, um, felt that your money defined who you were, okay, or that money defined uh, your self-esteem. Or if it was in um, your third house, that your relationship to your siblings uh, defined who you were. Um, or that the home defines who you were. It's like that your definition of self got projected onto this thing, the house. And so isn't it going to be fun to sort of go over some of those when we get into the psychological parts of all the signs? We will get into that. But in general, as we the sun goes into Gemini, this is an opportunity for you to reclaim the part of you that you feel like you abandon. Every time I feel fat, every time I tell myself, ugh, don't show your face, um, I just, I did more than abandon myself. I pushed myself into a, a little corner of abuse and just sort of let myself linger there. And every time I stop that, every time I turn to that part of me and say, come on, join me. I've taken that Gemini energy. I've taken the twin, the inner twin, and I've done another notch of healing. And you guys get a choice to do that. When I took my job at Charles Schwab, which many of you know where I'm at, hang on. I feel so good. Uh, that's cold, icy water with a little, um, those emergencies in them. Mm. Okay. Um, so when I took my job, I was the oldest person in the room, a sea of 20-year-olds, seriously. And I'm sitting there, and I remember thinking to myself, dear God, what have you done? And the other part of me going, don't you dare, don't you dare abandon that kid again <laughs> it was the greatest moment because i'm like this is what i am <laughs> i got a deal and it turned out so much of what i thought mattered didn't matter i did that when my dad died and i had to stand by my mom as people came who hadn't seen me in years and i was like i'll just fly in take care of her <clears throat> and fly out nobody will know i came because i'm not People are abusive. I mean, people did actually say things to me that I thought were really, really cruel. But whatever. I mean, I'm not playing a violin over it. I'm just saying, why would I go seek to be in that? But we're so these people are coming. All of a sudden, somebody says, there's a high school reunion. Your high school reunion is across the street. And they're all coming here to see your dad because he was the counselor. And I remember going, 
oh my God, God hates me. That's all this is. I, <laughs> it was the biggest I'd ever felt. I had no, no, nothing. I was not coiffured in any way. I was in this suit. I had to go buy really cheap real quick because I didn't have anything black to wear and it happened so fast. And so I had to stand there. Not only, not only did every single person that I did not want to see in my life show up and line up to say hi to me and to wish me well, they hadn't seen me in probably 40 years. And I had to take that breath. And I held that kid and I go, this is your do or die moment, dude. This is you. And this self-hatred, this inner chat, this thing that you think is just has kept you good needs to go. And it was a moment. It was a really tender moment. And so I said hi to people. I mean, it was very painful for me because I was still caught off guard and I still felt like I was naked. And that's the feeling. It was being like naked. And that's just a horrible thought to be naked in front of strangers to me. And I felt very naked. And there's my mom. She's kind of being a whack job um, next to me. And I'm standing next to her to kind of hold a space for her. And these people, even the guy that was the original principal that my dad worked under when I was a seven-year-old who wrote a question to the newspaper and he remembered the question. And the teacher, the Matt, the trick teacher, I had a huge crush on and got in trouble with. Um, what They come down and they're like, hey, how you doing? And they're all like, that. I, I read their eyes, really, trust me. And it was just like, wow. But I chose to stand there and I chose me chose my little boy and I feel all the better for it. I feel like I can face things I didn't think I could face ever before. <laughs> so that's a Gemini experience in the sense that that part of us is our twin is the part that sort of reaches in and says, Hey, it's going to be okay. And I know now when I watch TV and I see some of this stuff going on, there's a, there's one aspect up there that is, just doesn't seem compassionate or, or kind. And I see the projection because that's me talking to me and I use it. I really do hope you will too. I'm gonna check your, check the room, see how y'all are doing. Hang on with me just a minute. I don't know how that room gets closed. I know. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. I do know how. Hang on just a minute. I'm coming back. Okay. There we are. All right. All right. Okay, so we're working our way back up from the bottom. Vonda, wow. I am doing that now. Separating from people, it was hard, but I feel better. Vonda, you are so inspirational. You're so sweet. Good to see you, honey. My moon. Wait a minute. I saw that. Hang on. I'm going to work back from the bottom and go up. Let's see. Let's see. Tiffany, my moon is Gemini in the house number one. Okay, so that either means that you're a Taurus rising, which I might, you might be. Or um, it depends. It just depends what the rising is. But yeah, so in the first house, it gives you a sort of Aries moon quality. My moon is in the first house, too. I cannot wait to talk to you guys about that. Um, Mary, let's see. Oh, my grandson is Gemini sun. Gemini rising in a Pisces moon and 12th house sun, 10th house moon. Okay, so um, 12th house sun, Gemini, is very much like a Pisces energy. But it's that twin is internal and so much easier to project part of it onto other people. Be interesting to see how he relates and how people see him relating. Shelly Anderson, Gemini rising here. <laughs> Look at her, put the twins, the twin Spider-Man's up. Saturn and Gemini, moody at work. Ooh, that's a good interpretation, Susan, I think. I think more, it's the feeling moody comes from, um, Saturn activates, it makes stronger the division in Gemini. So what happens when Saturn is in a sign, um, we're way more sensitive to that energy. So a lot of Saturn and Gemini people feel that they're misunderstood. Uh, they feel like their people aren't getting them or that they, um, they're having a hard time expressing people misunderstand them a lot. So this is a good one to check out for yourself. Melinda, my Taurus husband and I have been arguing about moving to a new home. Then he sulks with his Scorpio rising stinger, ready to sting this soft Pisces fish. Oh, Melinda. All you have to do, let me think how I would work that one. It's just with a teary eye, just touch him and say, it'll be okay. And just look, sort of look like you're crushed. That's all. Just let it play out a little bit without manipulating them. I know this one, Melinda. Just play this play this song a little softer. You're going to be fine. It's okay. He just wants what he wants. But the part of you that looks like you're going to do it willingly, um, even if it does crush you, um, 
Scorpios don't like that. They feel terrible. Hey, Keisha. Welcome to the room, girl. Too much comfort food, Cindy says. <laughs> April, I can totally feel the North Node into Gemini because there are so many conversations I wish I could have had that I can make up for now. Yeah, girl, that's exactly the way to think of it. Absolutely. We Virgo types do not please you, right? Oh, no, you please me. I'm a Jupiter and Virgo. Are you kidding? My dearest friends of Virgo. How many times you got to hear that, Christina? That's your inner voice. Let me see. Gemini is my favorite sign, and I'm overloaded with Tauruses in my life. Spend my life appreciating them and feeling taken for granted by them. Yeah, everybody who has a lot of Tauruses in their life, that's the underlying feeling you can easily get to. But what you have to do is see how, um, why you do what you do, because we're, we're after that Venus that they give us, right? Because Taurus love is sweet. It can be really sweet, but it can also be like, um, like they control when to give it and not give it. And it's sort of like, God, it's, it's an, it's intense though. You nailed it, Christina. That is true. And it's nice you like Gemini's because Virgos and Gemini's are ruled by Mercury and they often tend to be best friends. Um, I feel like a pro this week when I guess my the sun, moon, and rising of someone I know well. Ooh, that is a pro, girl. Christina, be proud of that. Um, I must call two of my buddies out right away. <laughs> Chris Ann, the scene in Moonstrunk is one of my favorites. I'm what are you doing? I'm telling I'm telling your life. Snap out of it. And no, I love, love Moonstruck. I just bought that so I could have it in my little collection my little video on TV collection. Libra moon, Terry. Yeah, Libra moons. You guys don't like conflict at all. In fact, you really do what you can to avoid it. It's an, it's a good point of manipulation for people who you think, um, <laughs> I know a Libra moon, I know several, but I used to work with the Libra moon. And when we fight, I'd use that fight as a way, cause I knew they, they hated when things felt imbalanced or upset. They hated that. So I used it terrible, terrible. Mark, happy to join. Could not find it, but listening from my phone. Hope to join June 3rd. Oh, Vonda, that's so sweet. Calling us Libras out. <laughs> I am calling y'all out. The only inanimate object of the Zodiac, Libra, right? I got you all's number. I told John once in the middle, middle of a fight, you're just a nice Aries. <laughs> Sorry, Aries. I know I was mad. My Gemini friend changes her mind like minute. Click through a clock. Jane Barbara. Hey, Jane. Jenny, stop by to say hi. I'm doing sacred ceremony, holding Gaia close tonight in the sacred time of purification. Sounds just like an Aquarian. Um, Tara, you made it. I know you did. I'm so glad. That was so perfect. Hi, Anita. Thank you. We Tarans do not like to be forgotten, although we can get used to it. <laughs> Don't get used to that. No way. Punish us. We love it. Um, Hey, Anira, good to see you. John is an angel and brilliant, too. I, oh, Susie, thank you. You're so sweet. He is. He really is. I mean, that that man is like a score, for real. Um, I have a lot of people going, what? hating me because of it. <laughs> you know those archetypes where somebody is with somebody who's just like spoiled little brat? <laughs> yeah, I live with that. Um, love you, Mark. And by osmosis, John, thank you. Okay, you guys, um, let's take some calls, see how everybody's doing. You guys warm my heart. You make my Tuesdays very special. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Um, Mr. Christopher, let's talk to Candace if we could. Hi, Mark. Candace, how are you? Hey, pretty good. Good. So, how are you? I'm good, thank you. You're a Pisces. You have a lot of Pisces. You have a moon in Aquarius, and you have a Gemini rising. How are you? It has been crazy. <laughs> the past two months have been a whirlwind. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I know. I bet they have. <laughs> What's specifically for you, though? Because, you know, we're all going, hell yeah, that has been crazy. Is it? More than just the quarantine, or is it some specifics for you? Did you did you get to keep your job? I actually um, was unemployed for a minute, and then I decided I owned my own business, and I decided to close it. So I have another job that I've decided to take on full time. So just huge life changes now, Ooh. and now I'm thinking of moving because I don't I can work from anywhere. I have a phone job. <laughs> oh yeah, you could work from anywhere. So yeah. are you? So um, 
Okay, let's see what's going on with you. Um, so we know Venus is retrograde. It's in your 12th house and it hasn't hit your Jupiter yet. And Jupiter is the ruler of your relationship house. And also it rules the front of your chart. Boy, you have Jupiter. You, you pretty lucky. That's pretty nice. Okay. So Venus is going to go retrograde and then it's going to come again and hit that Jupiter. And I think there's going to be some big, like there, if you're going to move, it'll probably be during that time. But really what's going on with relationships? Yeah, I haven't had like a real serious relationship in a couple of years. Um, and the last one I had had, it kind of turned out that he was living a double life. So I would like to find someone. That's he was living, living a double life. Gemini life. Ooh. Yeah. Yes. Funny. That's <laughs> terrible. How dare him? It's crazy. Okay, it's like that is. That is. That must have been shocking. <laughs> I mean, were you really like surprised? Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, like those shows where you're like, oh, they really are living a yeah. like that? Yeah. It was like something was wrong. And then when you found out the truth, it was just beyond what Girl, you ever thought. Yeah, I don't like that. I hate that stuff. Don't, you know, I'm a, well, my Scorpio moon, if I find stuff like that out, mm. Except I expect to find it out, right? I just like, I, I hunted down until I found it. Okay, so here's the thing. You have Jupiter, Pluto, and Saturn all in the eighth house. There is definitely a change in the how you're going to make money coming into this thing. North Node sitting right at the top of your chart. You are going to do something different. Now, the move thing, I'm looking for moving. I'm not really, nothing's screaming at me with move, but something is screaming at me with regards to you changing an identity of some sort, like you coming up with something new and different for yourself. Now, moving might be the way to do it, but you might come up with an idea first that I think um, I think could change how you do things. Like it has to do with your career. Like you're going to change your title, change. You're going to do something different. Now we got to slow things down a little because Venus is in your 12th. We want to wait for Venus to cross that Jupiter and cross your rising sign. But I really think there's, and I think somebody's going to help you like there's help coming. Mm. I think there's, um, I think this is something that has to do. It might have to do with communication. It might have to do with a a side of you that you never thought that you never thought would emerge. You are having a Neptune. Go ahead. Talk. Tell me. Yeah, it's a phone job. So I'm doing like a life coaching kind of advisory phone job. And um, I won't be moving till mid-August, but I have to figure out where I'm going. I love (laughs) that. So that's kind of my my thing is just change time to change my life. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because you can work anywhere you want. You're right. Absolutely. I do think let that part find you. Like without you using mm. that Aquarius moon is strong. You're going to be using your brain a lot to figure it out. But I do think look for mm-hmm. omens. Learn how to like let this time period because Venus is in your 12th. It's a psychic time. Use it to mm. sort of ask for like a give me my vision. Let me know where to go. Don't just like look in the dictionary or look in the encyclopedia or look on Google of places to move. Think about like like letting your subconscious mind bring it to you and then ask for omens and give it a time frame. Like, okay, within the next 14 days, I want all the omens related to where I'm going to move. And like, whether it's a radio show you hear, TV show you're watching, something, your mind will be on for the omen. And I bet you it'll be amazing because you have Jupiter right there. You're in good shape. You're in really good shape, Candace. I'm really happy for you in that way. But you are going to transform things a bit. I do think, I do think romance is going to surprise you, honestly. And I think it's going to change where you move. We're going to find out, but I'm just putting it out there now. I don't say that a lot. Yeah. I like to encourage it, but I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, keep an eye open, okay? Does that help you? Are you okay. feeling okay? That does. That sounds great. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. You call back. Let us know how you're doing. Take care of yourself. Stay well. Thanks, Candace. Okay. I will. I Thank will. you. Bye-bye. Hey, Christopher, we're going to talk to Maureen. Oh, we're going to marry Mariana. Uh, okay. Hey, is this Mariana? Okay. Yes, this is Mariana. Hey, Mariana, Mark, how you doing? I'm fine, Mark. How are you? I'm good. Pisces, another Pisces. I love that. And you're a Saz rising and you have a Capricorn moon. How's it going? What's reality looking like? Um, I couldn't have scripted it any crazier if I tried. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, really? Okay. Uh, I know Pisces are Uh, having the experience here. Tell me a little bit. 
Oh, uh, well, I'm settled in a good job, uh, which is oh, nice. I'm so glad. Um, yeah. And the part of me that I'm passionate about, the metaphysical part of me, seems to be on hold. And I don't know if that's going to be something that I could bring to the forefront or like the person you just mentioned, um, should I just wait and see what comes my way? What's that mean when you say that your metaphysical part got put on hold? Um, writing a book, um, getting help to get it out there, um, working on a healing modality, um, Interesting. Living in the state of Maine when I'm originally from Pennsylvania by way of Massachusetts. <laughs> okay. So it's interesting that you define those things. They sound more like Capricornian ambitions, which is good. I'm not judging them. I'm just saying like, you know, writing a book and, and um, getting back into um, whatever it is that what you consider to be your, your version of spirituality or metaphysical. But it's like, it, it does sound like there, there are things that you need to work to get to. And it's interesting because Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto are all on your moon and north node what you're here to do so you're feeling that which is really good and so jupiter's sitting there you're in this one aspect that i call <clears throat> it's kind of like a cinderella aspect you can have what you want you can have what you wish for the magi people love jupiter being on your on your chiron it's very healing it's very much make a wish it's very much trust so when you talk about as a Pisces, getting back to your spiritual roots, let's just say it that way, do it literally, like literally use that beauty of the Pisces moon to do what you mentioned earlier, which is to let it guide you, let it guide you with its, with its symbols and, and where to go. Because you do have a very ambitious chart. Now, that North Node in Capricorn wants you to be ambitious. It wants you to, to sort of um, not be afraid to... Um, put yourself first and put some of the things you desire to, to create first. And that's right now. So this is really powerful. Mars hasn't hit your sun yet, but in, on the end of, on the 27th of May coming up, it's going to hit your Mars. And I think it's going to be a real boost to your um, sense of where you want to do what you want to do and where you're going to go. I would just start phrasing this stuff as you're in the middle of your metaphysical experience. It's talking to you. Just start organizing it. Make sense out of it. Start making notes of it because Pisces create into the most unusual way. And if you can protect that little part of your Pisces from feeling overwhelmed or from feeling hurt or from feeling too much feelings, then what we get is this opportunity for this part of you that wants to use this time to make something out of it, to, to be, to, to teach from it, to write from it. Oh my gosh. And you have Jupiter and Gemini too, which means that is going to be activated all year long. This desire to communicate the experience. It's just getting a handle. I think a little bit of the Pisces, not letting yourself slip into the Pisces martyrdom, letting yourself really understand this experience to be one of a rich, substantive experience that is going to bring you exactly what you need to get this stuff out. Cause man, this is one of the few times you're going to, you've already done so much, but Pluto is right there on your North node. You're going to come out in a very powerful way. You don't have to do anything for that. Just wire it so that you're not tripping yourself up. That's all. Believe in yourself. Keep that belief going. But Pluto is helping you heal so much of the, what it's like to be powerful, what it's like to be in a woman's body what it's like to um, overcome all the hurts that um, a Capricorn moon experienced. And you're going to use them, but this is the time. It all culminates right now during this year. And I think what we're going to see is um, some of your dreams come true. Honestly, I'm excited about your chart, Mariana. I hope that supports you. Thank, Any you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Any, um, I know time is running short, but any sign of a guy on the horizon for me? I love that you have Jupiter in Gemini in the seventh house of relationships and Venus is on there. So, yes, I'm surprised you. I think it's somebody you've already met. And I do think that in the next we're looking in the next six weeks. Keep your eyes open because Jupiter is tickling. It is really close. I mean, I do think this looks like it's it's a partnership of like minds and it could easily be a love affair of like minds. 
I just want to hold it as a possibility that just keep it open because there's somebody that really is supporting what you're doing and who you make them feel so good when you're together. Keep an eye open for that kind of energy. It's coming. Venus is right there on it. So, yes, I do think you have romance on the horizon. Have you met anybody yet that you know of consciously? Uh, yeah, there is someone, um, but it's at a distance. That's good. Keep it that way for a little bit. It's all good. Let Venus do its thing before. <laughs> I like distance relationships. It's like, yeah, keep it that way. Let some let that Khalil Gibran air breathe between you for a little bit. <laughs> Got it. Got okay. It. <laughs> it's nice talking to you. Thank, Thank you. you so much for calling. Take care of yourself. Oh, and thanks for being there. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, you guys. It's been an hour. What? I think Christopher sneaks over and changes my clock. Um, I'm sorry I didn't get to everybody that was on hold, but thank you so much for calling. It's always good to hear from you. I'm going to check your, um, I'm going to check your places and see what y'all are doing. Any questions last minute? Thank you so much, Terry. Good to see you. Oh, thank you, Christina. That's very sweet. Um, Hey, Elizabeth, good to see you. Melissa Fry is up next. Don't forget to see her. Hey, this whole week, every day, morning and night, we're lowering the prices of just five advisors to ridiculously low rates at 12listen.com. We want you to check them out. Please use the gratitude board. Check out 12listen.com. And also, please check out 12 Academy, the classes. We're overflowing with love on the classes. Okay, you guys? Well, I and we love you. Okay? Be good. Thank you, guys. See you next week. Stay well. Bye-bye.